five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Test, test, test. One, two, three. I think we're live. We're good. Um, welcome, Pillars of Community. Um, I'm really excited to have um, a, a new friend of mine through uh, my lovely fiance, Debbie Davis. Uh, her name is Susan Brady. Welcome. Hi, Billy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm so excited I'm ex- to be I'm here. I'm really excited to have you. Um, before we get into anything, we might lose this, maybe this topic, but... You're saying you love the intro because it reminds you of your father. That's right. That's right. My dad worked for NASA for 34 years. Um, We actually moved to this area when I was four years old, and NASA headquarters opened up downtown. And, um, you know, he was very involved in the shuttle program and a lot of the um, big things that the agency did in the 80s. And it was... um, it was uh, really exciting uh, to grow up in the orbit of uh-huh. NASA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then I mean, NASA's um, still still relevant. I mean, obviously it's relevant, but they uh, they've been in the news lately. Um, Did you see that about was it about Mars and they landed on something on Mars? Oh, sure, the rover. The rover. Yeah, just yeah. recently, right? Yep. And um, you know, my dad passed away in the '90s, and so you know, NASA went through a bunch of changes under. Uh, the Clinton administration and then also the Obama administration. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to see that the agency is having kind of a comeback. Good. Um, and then Trump started Space Force. Space Force. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, I think, honestly, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's good to have a presence in space beyond a commercial presence. I yeah. think it's space is kind of that untapped area of our defense matrix so i'm i think space force is awesome it's it might be the future hopefully it's not hopefully there are more any more wars but the future of um defense as you said yeah and warfare um so um i love uh whenever you walk in the door you smell almost like the sweater you're wearing and the flowers you have on your sweater (laughs) (laughs) uh but they're not you know it's not the flowers because those are stitched um, it's the oils. It's the essential oils. That that's right. That you've been really passionate about and made it um, your career now. Um, after working in law, mm-hmm. right? And you what other sector did you work in? Um, field. I was an attorney for about ten years yeah. downtown. Then I went into the insurance industry, um, kind of as in-house counsel and loss control and risk management. That was for another eight to ten years. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of walked away from all of that, and uh, and here I am. Yeah, so you cut your teeth, work pretty hard. I was, uh, I'm, I'm sure, the law profession is not a walk in the park. Um, and now, I'm sure you love that going to Princeton and then Howard for your law degree. Um, but you got really turned on. Maybe you said I think yesterday, a few years ago, right? I did. I Into did. the oils. Yeah, my my grandmother was actually kind of a self-taught natural health person. Um, you know, she was born in Philadelphia, so she did not have like a a country or farming background. But as an adult, she taught herself a lot about herbs and plants and and all the good natural things. And um, I think I inherited an interest in natural health from her. Mm-hmm. And um, I was introduced to essential oils by my friend Wendy 
And, you know, mainly just in learning about cloves and other things that I already knew about. But um, very quickly, I realized that um, it was a whole world, a whole world of a way to support your health Mm -hmm. um, that didn't involve chemicals or drugs or pharmaceuticals or toxins. And so, um, you know, I put my toe in and then basically I dove in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're telling you like the water. (laughs) <laughs> and you took the plunge and you've been loving it ever since um how did you how did you get turned on who, who turned you on to these so you said your mother my grandmother your grandmother mm-hmm. in philadelphia always sort of liked was gravitated toward this idea right mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um so you could say it's kind of been in your blood i think so i think mm-hmm. so my grandmother lived to be 104 and <laughs> that's, uh, that's a testament you know she never she never had a surgery she never had um, any sort of illness. Yeah. Um, I think in her 90s, she developed a little bit of heart disease. But of course, at that point, they don't really do anything. They don't operate. Um, so, yeah, her, her whole life was kind of a testament to um, how taking care of yourself and eating well and um, supporting your body naturally um, can really have huge benefits. Yeah. It's uh, certainly in a day and age when there's like... A lot of things that are created, like you know, that are uh, that are used and created, not necessarily through nature, man-made stuff. Um, fall back on our training. <laughs> um, fall back on how we were sort of made uh, with natural sort of um, treatments is, uh, I would think, never a bad idea. Yeah. Well, my my philosophy, I guess you would say, is that. God always intended for us to use these things for our benefits, mm-hmm. that that these plants were among the first things that he created. He created the plants before he created the people. Mm. And so um, the idea that we would be able to support our health naturally through using these plants um, makes perfect sense to me as, as part of God's plan for us, his original plan for us. Amen. Um, it, I've never really thought of it like that, the... God created everything in six days and rested on the seventh, right? Right. And uh, I guess there is something maybe to the order of things, mm-hmm. you know? You could say, all right, save the best for last, and that's the humans are on the sixth day, I believe, right? The last day. Mm-hmm. But you could also say, like, all right, the things that preceded the creation of human beings um, are incredibly necessary. He created them first so that when the humans got there, they were already there and they could use them to thrive the best they can. Right. It's sort of an order of operations. Order of operations. They sort of prepared the thing, laid the path and everything, and then are right, now we're ready for humans. Right. Can't create a human and then be like, oh, we got to create plants now or else they'd be without them, which would probably be you know, detrimental. Yeah. Um, so it's called, it's Young Living, correct? The company's Young Living and um, we are the industry leader in essential oils. Um, unfortunately, in, in the U.S., you know, uh, the European countries regulate these things much more rigorously. Mm-hmm. But in the U.S., um, there's very lax standards for what you can call a therapeutic-grade essential oil. Right. And Young Living is the only company that guarantees first distillation. So as I was telling you uh, the other day, if you think of a making a cup of coffee and you've got the coffee grounds and then you pour the boiling water over the coffee grounds, 
That first cup of coffee would be the first distillation. There are essential oil companies out there that are effectively pouring 100 cups of water over those same coffee grounds and calling it a cup of coffee. It's weak coffee. It's very weak coffee. (laughs) Um, And so Young Living guarantees first distillation on all of their oils. And so they're extremely potent, extremely effective. And um, I, I, I saw a benefit almost immediately when yeah. I started using them. Yeah, and it's a, I mean, that's what separates Young Living from the rest, from the pack. Correct. Um, and it's and you said it's kind of unfortunate from your standpoint that the the, the um, it's, it's so lax here in the U.S. about um, other products um, that can pour a bunch of water. It can water down the basic, the essence of of the thing. Yeah. Um, and they all basically come from plants. Is that correct? That's correct. But the the sad thing is that, um, you know, somebody who gets their oils from Walmart or Bed Bath & Beyond or even Whole Foods, yeah. and, and it's this, you know, watered-down, ineffective um, fragrance, basically. Mm-hmm. They they buy the, the cheap oils, they use them, they're like, oh, they don't work. And and the point is they don't work because they're not actually essential oils. So so where you get your oils really matters is is the bottom line. 100%. And it's unfortunate that they'll go that route and be like, you know what? I tried the oils. They don't work. Right. <laughs> and, they, and they discredit that whole approach of philosophy. Exactly. And be like, you know, maybe I'm going to try something else. Yeah. Meanwhile, you didn't really try the real deal. It's like having like, I don't know. Remember the old concentrate Minute Maid juice from the uh, freezer? Mm-hmm. It's like, do that. And like, I don't like it. It's not very good. I'm not going to drink orange juice. Meanwhile, you never had the real fresh squeeze stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Once exactly. you have the real nectar, you know, it's hard to go back. It is. It really is. And that and that's what Young Living is. It's the real deal stuff. I think on your website, I was looking at it right before this, um, it called it the essence of something. I like the phrase a lot. The essence of nature, maybe? Um. Well, we have what we call our seed to seal guarantee. So one of the many things that distinguishes Young Living from other companies is that we own all of our farms. Uh, We use farming practices that exceed the organic standard. An organic standard for farming means no pesticides have been used in the Mm -hmm. soil for Mm -hmm. 10 years. Young Living has farms that have never had pesticides used in the soil or that, you know, um, haven't had pesticides for 25 years right. or more. So, right. so we exceed organic farming practices and we are in control of the process from the seed that goes into the ground till the seal that goes on the bottle of mm-hmm. the essential oil. We don't have any third party relationships. Um, I, I, my joke is our only third party relationship is with FedEx. Yeah. Um, because that's who delivers them. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great thing. I mean, that makes it, um, very transparent. Very transparent. Um, I found this paragraph from your website. If I'd like to read it, if that's okay. Sure. It says, extracted through careful steam distillation, like you were talking about, resin tapping and cold pressing, the purest essential oils are far more powerful than the botanicals from which they come. Anytime you hold a bottle of Young Living's powerful essential oils, you hold nature's pure essence you do i love that absolutely because it's all distilled like it's the from the botanicals those are the plants right correct so you're holding the plant what give me an example of one of the plants uh lavender you're holding lavender plant or leaves and it's great it's that's it smells beautiful it looks beautiful but to to distill that 
into to take out like it's almost its soul mm-hmm. and put it in a bottle. That's what you guys do. And that's pretty cool. You hold nature's pure essence. And that kind of like brings you back to the whole um, days of creation and God and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it, um, uh, the other thing I like to say is the only ingredients in our oils are the plant and pressure and water. Like that's it. Just plants, pl- pressure and water. There's no other ingredients or, or extenders or preservatives or anything else put into it. It's an extremely pure product. And so, that makes it extremely concentrated and effective. Lovely. Um, and since you, so what you said about three years, 2017? Since 2017. That's right. Um, and you got turned on to it by a friend, is that right? I did. I did. I was already sort of interested in natural health again mm-hmm. from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that, um, you know, I, I suffered from seasonal allergies my whole life, yeah. like many people in this area. And I used to take, you know, Claritin or Sudafed or whatever the thing. And um, one evening, I was sort of having, you know, congestion, sinus troubles, whatever it was. And I didn't have any Claritin. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, crap, it's 10 o'clock at night. I don't feel like going to the store. Right. So I had the <clears throat> sort of light bulb moment like, oh, I wonder what oils are good for allergies. So I Googled it. And I had... You know, of the many oils that came up, I had uh, lavender, peppermint, lemon, and oregano. And I put like a couple of drops of each in a small glass of water, drank it down, and almost instantaneously, my sinuses opened, the the scratchy, dry feeling in the back of my throat went away, mm-hmm. and that was my aha moment. Mm-hmm. That was when I was like, oh, wait a minute, mm-hmm. this this stuff really works. Right. And works more quickly than the stuff you get at the drugstore. Right. And um, the area where I'm pretty passionate about it now is in respect to managing stress and anxiety, PTSD, and um, learning challenges. Because I feel like um, people don't know, and especially parents don't know, that that oils are out there as another option to try um, for your child that might have an attention deficit issue Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. a focus and concentration issue. And um, the reason that I'm so passionate about it is because so many of these psychoactive drugs have pretty intense side effects, Mm -hmm. you know, suicidal ideation being the scariest one. And um, so I, I want people to know that there's something out there that they can at least try that isn't going to hurt anything that isn't going to have side effects. Yeah. And may possibly help and provide a solution for what they're going through. And certainly now that we've all been marinating in cortisol for 12 months with COVID (laughs) and our lockdowns and all that other stuff, I think um, the emotional support and mental health support component of essential oils is very important. Um, because people are people are struggling. Yeah, people are struggling. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Okay. It's almost like the opposite of like euphoria or well it's it's the fight or flight hormone okay. and and so you know the original intent was that you know you you come across a wild animal in the woods yeah. and the cortisol surges into your bloodstream and you get that superhuman strength and you're able to run away or fight or do whatever you mm. need to do to get out of the crisis but with with covid and the lockdowns and the quarantine it's kind of like we're we're in fight or flight all the time it's too much it's and and we never 
we, we never kind of get out of that fugue of anxiety and stress yeah. and, you know, so it's, it's another arrow in your quiver for managing all of that for yourself, for your kids, for your family. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's too much, you know, I don't know if God intended for the, um, cortisol, that was, that was called yeah cortisol to be used, um, for that extended amount of time. <laughs> it's time to rest like yeah. God did on the seventh day. That's right. Um, you see, you just injected a musical term, fugue. Mm-hmm. Do you like uh, classical music? I well, my mom's an opera singer. How about that? So. That's another thing we have in common. Well, my mom's not an opera singer. <laughs> she can scream, but she, I don't know if she can sing. Hit those notes, those high notes. Um, but I love. I studied a lot of classical music in college. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, Beethoven. I wrote my senior thesis on Beethoven wow. and sort of a social unifying power of music. That's awesome. Yeah, I love. <laughs> excuse me. Um, 90.9 WTA. I'm mm-hmm. sure you're aware. Sure, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. And last year was uh, Beethoven's, uh, and it's a 250, right? Wow. Was, did you know that? Was, no. Of his birth year. Born in 1770, I believe. And that's one of the things that got me through the quarantine was listening. Because they had a lot of Beethoven features, pieces, uh, the Op Fidelio and stuff like that on, on the radio. Which was great listening for me and I'm sure a lot of other people. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So your mom was an opera singer. That's right. Are you an opera fan? Uh, well, not as much <laughs> as I of, might be if my mom wasn't an opera singer. You know, it's right, one right, of those right. things, things like, that's kind of forced upon you. What, yes, I had I had a, a heavy heavy dose of it growing yeah. up. So. Yeah, but, but I appreciate. I'll say this: I appreciate it. I right. appreciate certainly the the work that goes into it, the talent, yeah. and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, so. I I'm, I don't necessarily. So there's a, a station, uh, uh, Viva La Voce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a branch off of um, 90.9 WTA mm-hmm. and it's opera. Um, I there's there's uh, there's some arias and things like that that are just beautiful, mm-hmm. soaring and, and emotional. But like, I can't sit down and just listen to an opera. They they tend to be quite long, and and you know I there aren't many things that I'm great at sitting through for right. you know three three hours or so if you i mean if you get but if you get them in the subtitles or super titles the translation mm-hmm. the stories are magnificent yeah and a lot of them you, you can relate to you mm-hmm. know tristan isolde um don giovanni mm-hmm. um, you, uh, um aida aida um <laughs> they're just like it's hyper emotion it is. conflict <laughs> uh stuff you know it's not you can put folks in a library or, or watching paint dry yeah um it's uh, it's I, I I my dad and I used to go to the Kennedy Center. Wow! And watch and watch operas. Um, but it's it's a long it's a long sit. Yeah, it's a yeah. long sit. And if that thing starts at like eight o'clock and you're not over till eleven, my eyelids start getting heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> um, today's Holy Thursday. That's right. Are you excited? I I am. I am. I always uh, go to the evening service at at holy redeemer and yeah. it's always very emotional very it's seven emotional. o'clock service tonight i think it's seven o'clock yep seven or seven thirty yeah okay okay um but you know that empty tag- tabernacle it's no joke mm-hmm. i mean it's i really i was saying to a friend the other day like the feeling that you have when you see that empty tabernacle is what the world felt like before jesus came you know right. that, that feeling of sort of desolation so um, it's very powerful. The triduum is very, very powerful. Yes. And, um, you know. 
So, but I, I was telling my students, this is our Super Bowl. You know? Absolutely. Super Bowl. <laughs> this is our Catholic Super Bowl. Yep. So Super is, Sunday. This is it. Um, tridium, tridium Thursday, Friday, Sunday or Saturday? Thursday, Friday. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And with so, the vigil. Okay. Exactly right. Got okay, Saturday evening. Um, so th- correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I taught religion for 14 years. I should retain some of this stuff. Um, um, th- uh, Holy Thursday today, last summer, is the only day in which the tabernacle is empty. Is that correct? Or, it, it'll or, be empty until the vigil. And okay, got it. On Th- Saturday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh huh. Got it. Yeah. Um, it is powerful. It is powerful. And then you know you walk into the church on Good Friday and you want a genuflect, and it's like, wait a minute, Can't. he's not here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's uh, Good it's Friday intense. is the only day without mass. That's right. It's the just, whole the whole year. Yep. Good Friday. It's just a communion service, right? It's it, just the priest. The priest. This is the cross. Is that right on Friday? There is a communion service, but it's it's just the priest passing out consecrated hosts from Holy Thursday. I understand. There's no consecration on okay. Good Friday. I understand. So we are at, we're at it. We're at the, we're at the precipice, almost yeah. the eve of a really really important time of uh, the church year. Um, have you always been pretty religious? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, I, I had my season in college and maybe after college where I wasn't as faithful, but, mm-hmm. you know, I never, thankfully, never actually fell away or, yeah. or had a, a a reversion or anything like that. Yeah, so. yeah. And you were raised Catholic? Yeah. Very cool. Are you from the area? I was born in Ohio, okay. but we moved down here when I was four. Cool. Um, the first time I, well, I met you before this, but I was at, we were at Nora's. Um, lovely Nora's first, first communion, communion yep. and I'm sitting there. We're all spaced out and on our masks and we're, I look up there and I'm like, I'm not, I recognize that voice. That's Susan <laughs> doing the reading. <laughs> Can't get away from me. I love it. She's everywhere. I love it. You know, <laughs> you have a great voice. There she is again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Popping up. It's like, who's following who? <laughs> it's like one of those things is like. Do you ever go home? Like, how? If you're saying that, the same thing could be said for you. You know, it's so funny. It's well, I had I had a little girl that um, I used to take care of, and she actually told her grandmother that I lived at the church because I would take her to mass with me and take her to adoration. Mm-hmm. She's like, "That's Susan's house, Grandma. Oh. Oh. <laughs> she lives there." Yeah, that's what kids are. They you know, are. they revere you, um, teachers, as like. Um, a level above, you know, not, you know, higher than human almost, you know? Well, I'll tell you the real, the real superstars to the little kids are the high school kids and the college kids. They're, they're the real celebrities. So Mm -hmm. I love to have, um, you know, friends, children who are in high school, you know, I've got some friends who've got uh, daughters and sons at St. John's come and talk to the second graders and you know they yeah. really really look up to them that's 100 percent correct when i was at modern day alums would come back modern day is a pretty uh passionate sort of fan base or i should alumni base i should say um because they're usually all the that's the reason why i taught there for so long mm-hmm. or that's the reason why i should say that why i taught them but also the reason why i wanted to get back there because mm-hmm. how much fun I had during my seven years there, and how much, um, how, how much joy, uh, uh, um, 
how much joy that I, I could gather from those the teachers that I had, how much fun they seemed to be having. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that on for size. And I landed there. Yeah. Um, but the, the kids love seeing high schoolers, the grads come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I told you my husband went there, right? Uh, that's right. You did. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Burr. He loved it. He is loved it, Modern Day. Is it Burr Brady? Um, well, his name is Terrence Aquinas Brady. But his nickname is Burr. And where do you get that from? Um, It's a family nickname. His older brother, Kevin, was Big Burr, and he was Little Burr, and it just kind of stuck. I think it had something to do with their haircuts. You know, it was the 70s. (laughs) They had the very severe crew cuts, I think, you know. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Burr sounds like buzz or something like that, or, you know, high and tight. Um, You love children. I do. Yeah. Where do you get, I mean, why, how would you get that from? Or is just, uh, I, I think it was just a blessing. You know, we, we were not blessed with children of our own mm-hmm. and I have such profound admiration and respect for moms and motherhood that I just, you know, I, I feel like it's an honor to serve and help and support moms because yeah. they're doing such important work. Yeah. And, so we were blessed that, um, you know, I had time and a schedule where I could kind of throw myself into that, and then God presented the opportunities to mm-hmm. serve. Amen. Yeah, God works in mysterious ways, and uh, you are a huge influencer on the youth. Um, and to be here and and see when you walk in, Dorothy was upstairs, and Millie came upstairs because she knew you were here. She wanted to see you. Nora's too busy spinning bracelets. Uh, but Jack, I haven't seen Jack all day, and he came down, and he just peeked in just to, to see to see you. So you have a, um, a je ne sais quoi, like something that can't be put to words. Uh, it's a gift. It's a God's gift. So, um, well, and and the kids are a gift, and I feel like you know there's a lot of um, messaging in our society that that children are. Um, it's okay, Pongo. <laughs> The squirrel is outside. <laughs> she made me jump too. Um, we got Debbie's dog Pongo. Uh, we took him for a three mile run, and that didn't do, didn't do it. He is staring at this squirrel as the squirrel eats the bird food. Like the squirrel, like he really jumped through the glass, and I think he just tried to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I think there's messaging yeah. in in society that children are, you know difficult or inconvenient or whatever however you would say it and i just i feel like everybody has to push back against that and you know um be be light to the kids that god puts in your path i think that's right i think uh maybe we'll end with a little more oil talk but like what could what makes me really happy is being around children Mm-hmm. And like some people are like, all right, I'm depressed. I need X, Y, and Z. Maybe I'll try the oils. Maybe I'll I'll get a prescription drug, which is all good. But like sometimes, you know, just be, put put yourself around people that you like, and if you like children, um, that's a natural sort of upper mm-hmm. for me anyway. Um, they are uh, they're good examples of how to live. Well, and Jesus said it. You know, he said the kingdom of heaven is is filled with children you know such as these mm-hmm. so you know we're supposed to 
look at children as the faces of heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hundred percent. It's one of my favorite. Maybe maybe the same line. Maybe a different ones from Matthew. It says you have to reform yourself to to to, for, to the heart of a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Think about that often. Yeah, and it's so simple, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that we're mm-hmm. supposed to be childlike and innocent, and and we do a lot to complicate that message. <laughs> we become too smart for our own good. That's right. <laughs> you know, you gotta like keep one toe or more than a toe, keep a foot in the in the in the kiddie pool. Absolutely. <laughs> as you progress into the adult. Absolutely. Anyway, um, it's uh, so the oils are, are such a cool thing, and Debbie and I are gonna we're gonna invest in some of the oils. Um, and if you want to check them out, go to youngliving.com. Youngliving.com. And uh, for anyone who's listening to uh, this Pillars podcast, you can text the word Pillars to 301-204-0250, and I will get in touch with you. That's, uh, that's awesome. I love it. Um, and what you said earlier, and we talked about children and stuff like that, Um there's a big thing about our, our world is just hyper. Uh, it's hyper. <laughs> there's a lot going on. It's a hard. It's hard to stay focused on any given thing, and there are a lot of uh, ways to help kids stay focused. Think about doing it naturally. Absolutely. Think about doing it naturally through Young Living. Um, what's the worst thing that can happen? You get things that smell really good. Right. And uh, there is no downside. There's no downside, <laughs> and you know it's all from nature. All from this really, really great stuff. Give it a shot. It might be your, quote, miracle drug. And it's a natural sort of uh, thing. So I think it's a no-brainer. Thank you, Susan. Philly, thank Have you so much. Have a blessed day. This was great. The you tritium yes, and everything. Happy, exciting, exciting times. It's happy like, Holy Week happy and Easter. Amen. Thank you, Susan Brady, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.